Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Houseman XP Podcast Network is taking you on the journey. Your host, Master Trainer Heath Hyatt, will combine his decades of experience as a houndsman and as a professional trainer that will light the path forward and make our packs lighter on this lifelong journey to become better hunters and houndsmen. There are no shortcuts, so lace up those boots and grab a dog leash. The journey begins now. Hey guys, The Journey on Houndsman XP is teamed up with Go Wild. Go Wild is a social media platform that was made for hunters by hunters. If you guys and gals have listened to any of the other podcasts that I've been on, you know what a huge outdoor enthusiast I am. I love being in the woods with my hounds. There's nothing more exciting than hearing the thunder of a spring gobbler. I love fishing for trout in the brooks and the streams, and I love being on the river chasing that ever-elusive fish of a thousand cast, the muskie. Go Wild is the place that I can post my trophies, hunts, and memories without being censored. But Go Wild is so much more than that. It's a place to share your stories, sharpen your skills, hone your tactics, get gear reviews, and shop for anything outdoors. When you make a purchase from the Go Wild store, everything is free shipping. Anything that you purchase anywhere in the country, no matter how big, free shipping. So go down to the show notes, click on the Go Wild link at the bottom, and get signed up today. And let's go wild. If y'all purchase anything from Go Wild, make sure that you're using the Houndsman XP promo code. And that code is going to be HXP10. So when you go in there and you download your cart, when you come up to the bottom and it says promo code, add Houndsman XP to it. Welcome to the journey on the Houndsman XP podcast. I'm your host, Heath Hyatt. And I could not be more excited to bring you today's episode. I have been fortunate and blessed enough to make acquaintances with Lewis and Miguel. And I cannot pronounce their last name, so I'm not going to butcher them. They'll do that in their own time. But they're from Spain. Lewis is a retired uh, canine police instructor with over 30 years in law, the, the law enforcement world. Miguel started hunting with hounds at a very young age. He is a school teacher and he continues to train dogs for um, search and rescue and he is an expert in man trailing. There is so much knowledge and information packed in this episode that you're not gonna wanna miss it. But here's here's this catch. Miguel does not speak English so I had to have Lewis translate for him 
So there is a lag in some of our questions and answers. But I promise you, if you bear with us and let Miguel finish talking to Lewis, you are going to come out of this episode with your with your wheels turning. I'm telling you. They are going to be spinning at 100 miles an hour, and we are just getting started. We did not scratch the surface in this episode of what Miguel brings to the table. So he's an author. He's wrote two books. He's currently in his third book. He has developed an awesome. Some of you guys are going to flip out when you find out what he has um, invented to help him train tracking dogs, trailing dogs. Um, Sweet, sweet, sweet little tool. In fact, I'm trying to get him to hook me up. I'm going to try to get one myself for for me. But guys, this is jam-packed, I'm telling you. Bear with us on the language barrier, and you're going to come out of this with a lot of ideas and a lot of new training tricks and tips that you're going to want to try to implement. So sit along and join us on the journey. The journey on Houndsman XP has teamed up with one TDC. This dual action support for oral health and mobility in our dogs. This unique supplement is so effective that it is recommended by top veterinarian experts worldwide to maintain and improve our dog's health in four different areas. Their oral health, hips, joints, and muscles, skin, coat, energy, and recovery. Guys, I've been using this product for the last six months and it has been a game changer for me. If you're looking for something to help with the overall health of your dog, go to worksowell.com and give this product a try. It is highly recommended by Houndsman XP here on The Journey. We are in Spain, and this is a first time for Houndsman XP. We have got some international people with us. We are honored to have them on with us today. And because there is a language barrier, we've got a translator, so there's going to be a gap. Um, Lewis is going to translate for Miguel. We've got Miguel on today, and I'm going to let Lewis just go ahead and introduce himself and then introduce Miguel. That way I'm not butchering it with my Appalachian American, and you guys understand what's going on. So, Lewis, it's on you whenever you're ready. I Thanks, Heath. Uh, great pleasure being given us this opportunity to uh, have this as a chat. Uh, my name is Luis Pagueto. Um, I'm, I'm British, actually, uh, from down, down under South Spain, from Gibraltar. Um, my, my background is operational from uh, Customs and Police uh, Dog Handling. I started as a, as a, um, a drugs dog handler, and then um, I passed on to the uh, British Police as a, as a dog instructor, uh, doing general purpose dogs. Um, basically, I started I started in the dog world back in 1985, I think it was. Um, I'm retired now, I'm totally retired. I've got my own company, uh, do some bit of training and stuff like that. And I met Miguel about five years ago through the uh, Spanish Federation of Man Trailing, and that's where we we met. We we, we you know we um, we had the same philosophies and we thought the same things. And that's what spot is now here. Uh, um, Miguel, if I, I let Miguel 
Miguel, si quieres introducirte y hablar algo, te lo, te lo tradujo yo ahora. Sí, hago extensiva tu agradecimiento por esta entrevista. Eh, yo soy Miguel, Miguel Ángel Carvajal. Eh, comencé en el mundo del, del perro en el año 1988, eh, en trabajo deportivo. Eh, un año más tarde empecé en el mundo del entrenamiento de los perros de caza también. Y en el año 1995 eh, comencé en el mundo de, de los perros de búsqueda y rescate. Y desde entonces he estado vinculado siempre al, al trabajo con los perros y desde hace años estoy volcado en los perros de rastro. Cualquier pregunta que tengan sobre mi actividad me la hace, pero prefiero no extender mi currículo para aprovechar el tiempo y hablar de, de los perros y, y de la formación. Okay, so Miguel, Miguel uh, he comes from the north of Spain, from uh, region of Galicia. He started in the dog world back in 1988 uh, with hunting dogs, and a year later he started uh, in 1989 with uh, uh, in uh, uh, sporting dogs. And then in 1995, his first contact with the search and rescue world, uh, taking part in the search and rescue team. Um, he's been working with dogs ever since, and his whole world has been uh, centered around dogs. He's actually a uh, a music teacher, that's his, his real profession. And um, he's, he's great to be being invited here to be able to talk about uh, dogs, basically. <laughs> yes. What, um, Lewis, what did, what was he as hunting? What did, the, what did they, did he hunt when he started? What was that about? ¿Qué, qué casa hacía tú, Miguel, cuando empezaste a la casa? ¿Qué tipo de casa hacía tú? Bueno, yo hacía mayoritariamente caza de, de pelo, que era eh, los conejos y liebre. Y caza de pluma, que es la becada, que es un ave migratoria. Entonces preparaba perros para rastro y perros para pluma. Ok, so he started training, uh, hunting for rabbits and uh, game bird. And he used uh, to train dogs both to track and, and to, um, to lift up the game. The Luego birds. preparaba perros también por encargo y por pago para otras cazas. Vale. Then, para zorro, also... para, para corzo, para lo que quisiera preparar los clientes, yo les preparaba a los perros. Okay, then he would also train other dogs for clients, for uh, wild boar, foxes, and any other animals that they required dogs for. Nice, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's what gets a lot of us people that like to track, which that's what got me into hounds, was the tracking. Um, uh, short story... The very first time, my, my great-granddad owned um, fox dogs and coon dogs, and I really hated them because they barked all the time. They were, out, they were tied out back behind my bedroom. We lived right, I mean, literally right beside my, my great-grandparents. But we had shot a bear year, years ago, and my buddy had bear dogs, and he brought those dogs over the next day, and we started tracking, and... When those dogs started opening on that track, you're walking through the woods and they're telling you a story about what has been there. Like I was hooked immediately. Hooked. Okay. Vale. Eh, he, he también empezó con, con la cacería, la cacería de, de, de casa, casa menor, de pájaro también. Pero un día le trajeron eh, un perro de cacería de, de oso. Y era la primera vez que tuvo contacto con, con ese tipo de cacería y el, el tema de, de, de ver que el perro le estaban, los perros de rastro le estaban diciendo de que había habido un animal por ahí, que eso fue una, una experiencia fantástica, de, de cómo el perro le informaba de, de, 
de la presencia de, de ese animal porque está por ahí. Que desde entonces ya se enganchó en lo que es en el, en el, en el rastro. Yo he dejado de cazar hace muchos años, pero sigo rastreando de vez en cuando con perros de jabalí, que me deja algún amigo y, y no lo hago para cazar, sino por el placer de rastrear. Entonces hacemos a veces rastros de muchísimos kilómetros eh, y lo, lo bonito de eso para mí es poder ir con un perro por donde ha pasado el animal muchas horas antes. Entonces es algo que me sigue gustando todavía, sobre todo el rastro de jabalí. Okay, Miguel doesn't hunt anymore, although he's got friends who has um, hunting dogs for wild boar. And now and again he'll go with them, not for the actual hunt, but for the actual tracking. Mm -hmm. Being able to track and see dogs tracking through where those wild boars have been, you know, for kilometers and kilometers in an end. And that's, that's a pleasure he gets. Not the actual hunting, but the actual tracking of the animal. Yes. La última vez que arrastré un jabalí, cuando llegué a casa pensé si estaba bien de la cabeza o estaba loco. Porque eh, cuando haces una acción de caza, cuando te entras en un sitio de mucha maleza, lo normal es ir por fuera y ver si el rastro continúa. Pero yo quería el placer del rastro. Entonces he tenido que ir eh, gateando completamente acostado sobre los codos. Yo te lo había contado a ti, Luis, no sé si te acuerdas. Sí, sí. Completamente gateando por, por los pasos donde, donde pasaba el jabalí. Y con la emoción del perro que va latiendo delante, jau, jau, viendo que vas viendo las pisadas y siguiendo las pistas, y en ese momento la, la emoción te absorbe y tiras kilómetros. Y luego cuando llegas a casa piensas, bueno, si en ese momento el animal está ahí dentro y se viene a por nosotros, me destroza. Pero volveré a hacerlo. The last time we went They try, they try and find where the entrances and exits are around that area. But he was so emotionally fucked that he got down on his elbows and knees and started following the dogs through the undergrowth, all into intent to look to see where, where the wild boar were. And he was thinking to himself, to himself, you know, if there is a wild animal in here, I'm a goner. He's going to have me for lunch. Um, but it's still, it's, it's high emotions, high, high, you know, high pumping. Uh, he just loves the, you know, the idea of going, following those dogs while, whilst they're hunting down the the, um, the wild boar, and he can see the footprints on the ground, and it's that's that's the best part of uh, hunting for him. El, el But pasado, it, he will do it again. Termino con esto, pero el año pasado, <coughs> perdón porque tengo la voz, <coughs> tengo la voz muy mal. El año pasado he rastreado con un buen amigo mío que se llama Samuel Toledo, es criador de, de sabuesos españoles. Hemos hecho un rastro de 20 kilómetros detrás de un jabalí. Y eso es verdaderamente emocionante. Last year I did, um, uh, he went to one of his uh, best buddies, Samuel Toledo. He's actually a breeder of Spanish uh, bloodhounds. It's a very typical breed up north. Um, <coughs> and they tracked for 24, for 24 kilometers. And that was really, 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 really a, a great experience for him. Oh, wow. So, Lewis, I was just... Um... I was trying to pull up his uh, post from yesterday, but this caught my attention, and I think we've skipped over that. How many books has he written? ¿Cuántos libros has escrito? Dos. Dos. Two. two? He's written, sí. yeah, he's written two books in Spanish. Estoy escribiendo un tercer libro, pero todavía lo estoy empezando. He escrito dos, okay. uno en español y en inglés, el segundo en español, y estoy... Yeah. He's written two books... He's written two books in Spanish. He's, he's actually starting to write a third one. Mm -hmm. But he's actually got two, two books in Spanish. 
of which the first one has already been translated into English, and hopefully the second book will be translated into English soon. Y me han pedido también traducir el primer libro para Francia. And the author is also is also been asked to have the first book translated into French as well. Nice, and they are all on. And I mean, I'm looking at one. It's the um, man trailing. So it's is it on is it on how to train a dog? Is it on what what is it exactly it's, on? It's it's the methodology that he uses to mm -hmm. uh, train dogs, um, technology that he has patented to help him train the dogs, um, and basically explaining how he goes his process of of training uh, um, these dogs for man training. And that's going to lead us into our next segment here. So we want to talk about his methodologies and philosophies. Um, but first, real quick, the 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 dog that, that I've got the video up, the little, it looks like a blue dog. Tell me about its um, breeding or what it's out of. The, la the last video. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's, a, that's a red lab. Red lab ago. No, it's a... No? It looks like a blue tick. Hold on. I'll oh, show you. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Gascon Blue. Uh, Gascon Blue. Blue tick, yeah. Oh, Gascon Blue. Yeah. But it... Habla sobre... El azul de Gascuña. Azul de Gascuña. So it's small. Yeah. Like, for me, um, it's a lot smaller and tighter built than the Gascons that I'm used to seeing. Dice que es más pequeñito y, y más delgadito que el perro de Gascoin que está acostumbrado de ver. Porque en azul de Gascuña hay tres variedades. El gran azul, el petit azul y el baset azul. El mío es el petit azul. Ok, so there are the three, three types of petit. So the big one, the grand. The petit, yeah, and then the, yeah, and then the small one. He's, mm -hmm. he's got the medium one. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's a very nice looking dog. Very nice. Esta, este, esta, esta variedad de, de, de azul medio, de tamaño, mm. eh, se usa mayoritariamente para el rastro de la liebre. El rastro de la liebre es, es un rastro muy exigente. Muy exigente. Porque hay que encontrar el rastro de la noche y luego hay que seguirlo durante muchas horas. Pero también se está utilizando en, otros, eh, en otras especialidades, en jabalí, en corzo, en lo que sea. Pero se han ido seleccionando los tamaños en función del tipo de cacería que querían. These 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 medium-sized ones are used for the hunting of hares, um, and they're specifically been bred for hare hunting. For rabbits. Yeah, so they have hares, 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 rabbits. Yeah, 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 yeah. rabbits. Yeah, yeah. Rabbit. Um, so they have to track for long distances because they move around a lot, and so they need to be nicely sized, you know, to to be able to follow these these guys. Okay, and on that post, because you and I talked about it briefly earlier, Louis, um, Miguel had posted that there's a there's a distinct difference in tracking man and animal, and okay. you and I both agree because we've done it we've done both. Like I, I've been I've been hunting animal for thirty years with hounds, and I know that my success rate with animals is a lot higher than it is tracking a man. Okay. So let's talk about the, the, the differences um, okay. that you guys feel like what's the differences and maybe we can, you know... Right, okay. Vale, Miguel, dice que quisiera estar mirando el vídeo, este último de, de los nueve kilómetros que hiciste con, con eh, Zucca, okay. eh, de algo que tú mencionaste allí, que la diferencia que hay entre, entre el rastrear un olor humano y el rastrear un olor de animal. Mm -hmm. Dice que él también 
eh, ha tenido esa experiencia, que para él eh, es más fácil, él ve que es más fácil traer a crear un animal eh, uh -huh. que un humano, que hay más posibilidad de, 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 de ser positivo, coger, coger un animal que, que, un, que un humano. Y le gustaría hablar sobre, sobre el tema este, cómo pensáis y todo demás. Ok. Yo creo que la, las personas que hemos rastreado animales, hemos, hemos tenido una escuela muy importante en, en el rastro. Vete traduciendo si quieres poco a poco. Right. Uh, we say that everyone that has tracked animals has received, uh, has received a special le lessons from the dogs. Porque eh, los animales no te ayudan a que tú les puedas encontrar. Because es animals, animals don't make it easy for you to find them. They make it difficult. Mm -hmm. Pero para los perros es natural, es instintivo. But this world for dogs is, is, is natural, is instinct, instinctive. That, that animals que, make it difficult for them. Fíjate que en varias generaciones podemos seleccionar perros con tendencia a seguir un tipo de animal. Uh, just to make note of this, uh, through generations we've been able to breed certain dogs to follow certain types of animals. For hunting Entonces, ones, yeah? Yeah. Uh, los Beagle nacen con el instinto de perseguir zorros, aunque tú Big, puedas rastrear otras, otros, otros animales. Beagles are born with the instinct to, to track foxes, although you can train them to track, to track other animals, but instinctively they are, they are born with that instinct to track uh, foxes. Estoy hablando en nuestro país, porque ha habido una serie, una serie de criadores que han seleccionado ese tipo de líneas. Miguel está hablando de España ahora porque hay ciertos breeders que han bred dogs específicamente para ese tipo de animal. Sin embargo, la misma raza, seleccionada por otros cazadores que solo quieren cazar conejos, los perros salen con mayor tendencia a perseguir conejos. Y otros breeders, usando los mismos dogs, o los mismos breeders de dogs, han bredado them to, to hunt rabbits, and those dogs, when they're born, they have a tendency to prefer going after rabbits. Pero en la actualidad no tenemos perros seleccionados para cazar humanos. But in reality, we don't have dogs, especially bred, to, to hunt human. humans. Yes. Yeah. Los perros seleccionados para humanos han pasado al, al circo de las exposiciones y nos hemos quedado sin razas. Yeah, the dogs that, that were originally bred to hunt animals, uh, humans, have been you know, they've been bred into show dogs and, and stuff like that, and we don't have any real breed that is bred to hunt humans. Voy a añadir algo que es muy cruel y que no estoy de acuerdo con lo que voy a decir, con el fondo, it's pero voy a explicar add, algo importante. It's going to add something which is very cruel with, with which he does not agree with, but he's going, to, he's going to take it anyway. Cuando se seleccionaban perros para un tipo de caza, los perros que no iban bien eran eliminados. When they used to, o mínimo de la cría y, y, y no podían seguir criando eran completamente descartados. Yeah. When they when they used to breed uh, uh, certain breeds for certain animals, those are puppies that were not suitable, they would be discarded. Gorido. Pero nadie ha hecho esa selección con los eh, rastreadores de humanos. But nobody has done that with breed of dogs for human tracking. He dicho que eh, me parece cruel y no estoy de acuerdo, pero es una realidad. Entonces ahora, con los conocimientos que tenemos y con la experiencia de gente que sabe más que nosotros, vemos que si cogemos cachorros muy jovencitos y los ponemos en rastros de humanos y seleccionamos los mejores de ahí y volvemos a criar los mejores y los mejores y los mejores para humanos, 
dentro de unos años podremos tener perros especialistas de nuevo en rastrear humanos. So nowadays, with the knowledge of lots of people out there that know a lot about breeding, if we start breeding, uh, 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 start breeding dogs, training them for human tracking, we get those best dogs and we breed them and we start doing again the process of getting the best dogs from that litter for humans, eventually we, we would end up with a certain breed that would be specific for human, for human hunting, something that hasn't been done uh, at present. Si tú quieres cazar osos y en una camada de perros de rastro le mueves la piel de un oso, vas a ver rápidamente como algunos le tienen miedo, o un oso, un jabalí, animales que desprenden un fuerte olor y que, y que provoca miedo o pánico incluso en los cachorros, pero hay otros que van a meter la boca y van a seguir. Y la selección viene de, de elegir esos mejores. Pues en los, Bien, humanos, bueno. en, en los humanos existe lo mismo. Si tú crías las camadas y ves los que tienen mayor predisposición a estar con los humanos, a seguirlos y a querer estar con ellos, vas a hacer una selección específica hacia ese tipo okay. de trabajo. When we're going to select a, a puppy for a specific hunt, we'll, you know, we'll tease them with a, with a piece of hide um, and we'll see that some of them are more inclined to bite and others are afraid of it. So we start selecting the best ones from, from that litter. Yep. Um, if we can do exactly the same with humans, um, then as, as from, from the moment they're puppies, we can see which, which of the dogs are more, they've got more interest for that human scent than others. We start selecting those dogs and go through the process of selection to make sure that we can get a breed of dog that, that just has a passion for human sense, like, like any other hunting dog. Entonces, ahora lo que tenemos son eh, perros muy buenos de caza, que debemos entrenarlos muy bien para eliminarles esos deseos de perseguir la caza, porque es algo que llevan en su genética, es algo instintivo. Cualquier so honor de un animal va a excitar a cualquier sabueso. So what we have now is, is hunting dogs that we're actually training for humans, very good human tracking dogs, but they still have that instinct to hunt animals. So when they come across any humans, any animal scent, instinctively the interest is going to be there. So we now have to clean those dogs off the animal scent and make sure that they ignore the animal scent and they just stick to the human scent. That's what we have at present now. Yo cuando entreno... Estos perros que son de razas específicas de rastros de animales, perros de caza, eh, siempre pienso en mi cabeza, te interesa mucho un conejo, vale, yo te voy a dar algo que te interese más. Todavía con esto tengo que eliminar de sus deseos el cazar conejos. Pero yo les voy a poner una balanza y voy a ir muy a mi favor para que quieran rastrear humanos. So what Miguel does is when, when he's working with a hunting dog and he's training a hunting dog, he thinks to himself, right, you've got a love for rabbits, but I'm going to give you something more to love than rabbits at the end of that track. And I'm going to try and, and turn that balance in the favor of what I want you to really track and not what your instinct is telling you to track. So the reward has got to be of a much higher value than the animal's instinct, natural instinct to go and track for, for rabbit because it's been bred for rabbit, for example. Cuando tengo un problema con, de este tipo con algún perro de caza y tengo necesidad de ponerlo a rastrear, trabajo sobre el instinto más importante del perro, que es el instinto de supervivencia. When he's, when he's working with these types of hunting dogs, he works on the strongest principle of dogs, which is 
the survival, the survival instinct. He works on the survival instinct of the dogs. Okay. Yes. When vale. when we train, we use I use the three three things: fruit, water, and air. And food is a huge, huge motivator because the dog yeah. has to use has to survive and he has to eat to survive. So, yes. <clears throat> Dice cuando él trabaja los perros con él, él trabaja en, los, en tres principios: aire, agua y comida, que son la supervivencia. Y la comida es lo que más le hace falta al perro comer para sobrevivir. Yeah, exactly. Right, that's correct. Yeah, so, um, Luis, just start walking us through because the, um, the conversation I had with Clinton, like, it really piqued my interest, and I, I want to learn um, because I have a puppy now that's she's 12 weeks old. I didn't get her until she was nine weeks, so I'm a little bit behind the ball. But go ahead and tell us about Miguel's um, philosophy and what he does when those pups are born, if he raises them, how he starts imprinting odor and how he works off of that as they okay. mature. Okay, I'll let Miguel explain that. Vale, Miguel, dice que lo que estuvieron en Clinton, lo que le llamó mucha atención fue el imprinto de olor, el método tuyo con los cachorritos. Dice que él tiene un cachorrito de 12 semanas, lo cogió cuando tenía 9 semanas, un poquito muy tarde ya, pero que eh, quisiera que le explicase tú eh, cómo es ese proceso que, que usa para, para hacer que esos perros rastreen ese olor por la comida. Ok, ok. Lo primero que hago es elegir un olor al cual el perro no tenga acceso. Right, so the first thing he does is he acquires a scent, an odor, which is not accessible for a dog. Si le pongo un olor humano y yo soy un humano y otra persona es un humano y ese olor está cerca, no puedo manejar el, el trato de ese olor. Okay, so if he uses human scent and he uses a human scent and then there's his human scent and some other human scent, then he cannot manage that scent that he wants to use because there's too much human scent around. Entonces, lo primero que hago es inventarme un olor. So the first thing that he does is, is he will invent his essence. Utilizo una fra una fragancia, un, una colonia, una fragancia para bebés. Que he, es uses, he uses toilet water, which is uh, specific for babies, non-alcoholic, non mm -hmm. like uh, scent, scented water, basically, yeah, mm -hmm. for kids, cologne. Y uh, trato de impregnar a los cachorros con ese olor y que lo asocien de inmediato con el instinto de supervivencia, con su comida. So he impregnates that watered down scent, uh, the puppies, so the puppies will associate that scent with food. Mm -hmm. survival instinct. Entonces, lo puedo hacer con un cachorro de tres o cuatro meses o un perro de tres o cuatro años, o lo puedo hacer con los cachorros que acaban de nacer. You can do that with a, with a puppy that's three, four months old, with a dog that's three or four years old, with newly born puppies. Si lo hago con los cachorros que acaban de nacer, lo primero que voy a hacer es, con unas gasas, impregnar las mamas de la perra la noche o el día que, le, que está para parir. Okay, so if he's going to start off with newborn puppies, what it does is he will impregnate a sterile gauze with that scent, that um, scent of the water, yep. Um, and the night before the, the, the bitch um, gives birth, is going to impregnate her tits, her glands, with that scent. Entonces, eh, 
no sabemos a ciencia cierta si los cachorros buscan las mamas recién nacidos por el olor o por el calor. Right, so we don't know scientifically, we still don't know whether the newborn puppy searches for the glands via smell or via heat. We still, we still, scientifically, we're not, we're not 100% certain on that. Pero por si acaso, yo le pongo antes de parir y luego todos los días. Porque el primer día que el perro utilice el olor para localizar las mamas de la perra, va a tener un olor de referente. Okay, but what he does is he, he, he puts that scent on the, on the bitch's glands before the puppies are born and every other day that the dogs, the puppies are going to feed off the mum. So that scent is there all the time. So they start associating that scent with the food. The Journey on the Houndsman XP Podcast Network is sponsored by Onyx. The most comprehensive mapping system in the world is available by going to onyxmaps.com and downloading their app. Several subscription offers there. Highly recommend you use an Onyx. And here's a true story for you. We've all got that spot where when we turn our hound loose at night, they're going to head that direction. Well, the other night, my hound's headed in a direction for that property that had recently sold. I had no idea who owned that property. I simply opened up my Onyx app, found the landowner information, cut the dogs off, and the next day, I went to their house, and not only did I get permission to hunt there, I think I made some new friends. They are beef farmers, and they do not like raccoons running through the feed bunks, leaving their mess behind. Yeah. Go to onxmaps.com and download the app today at checkout. Make sure you use the promo code HXP20 and get 20% off. When you join us on Patreon, you will get a discount code for a deeper discount on Onyx Maps. Know where you stand with Onyx. Al mismo tiempo, cada día, tengo una bolsa de olores de humanos con gasas de humanos que voy pidiendo a la gente, un montón de bolsas de olores. Un, un montón de gasas en una bolsa. Y cuando los cachorritos están durmiendo, les voy poniendo gasas por encima de humanos. Pero ese olor de momento no les refuerza nada. Okay, so at the same time, while he's doing that, he's going to have uh, samples of scented gases from different humans that he's acquired from family, friends, neighbors, and stuff. And when the puppies are sleeping, he's going to lay those gases around the puppies. Now, the puppies are, are not associating that human scent to anything, but that human scent is being recognized by them, although they don't associate it to anything else. Luego okay. traigo olores de animales. Y Many meto gasas things. de perros, de caballos, de gallinas, de ovejas, de vacas, todos los animales que tengo en la zona. ¿vale? Okay. Pongo gasas y hago lo mismo. Le pongo por encima las gasas. Okay. Then then humanos, otra vez pongo estas gasas. Yeah. Then he does the same thing with animal scent. So he get sterile gases impregnated with horse scent, uh, other dogs, animals, whatever can get around. And it will alternate at night when the puppies are sleeping. It either put the human scent uh, gosses or put the animal scent gosses on top of the dog so that they're actually uh, recognizing those, those scents. Is that yeah. to desensitize them from that odor so they don't pay attention to the, to the horses yeah. and the goats and the cows? Or 
pregunta si es para limpiarle a los perros esos olores o es para que vayan reconociendo esos olores. Espera. Wait. I'm getting ahead, Emma. So now he has three scents. Mm -hmm. The human scents, animal scents, and the, the scent to water. Made scent. The edad de comer es la fragancia de bebés. The one that gives a dog food is the fragrance water, the fragrance scent. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Cuando empieza a destetar los cachorros y viene la primera comida de su vida. When the, the, the puppies um, start to um, uh, wean off the, 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 the bitch and start uh, it's going to have the first uh, food, solid food. Su cacharro con la papilla tiene gasas impregnadas con el olor de referencia, con la fragancia. The feeding bowl that he places will have underneath sterile gauzes with the actual scent, the scented water he's been using since they were born. Cuando comen una vez, When they eat once, solid food, ya rastrean. Now they know how to track. Una sola vez. First time. They eat solid food, they know how to track. Entonces le hago un rastro con el vehículo trazador o con un trapo con el olor de referencia okay. y a partir de ahí comen todos los días con este olor de referencia. Right. So, so as from that moment, he's got two ways of doing this. He will either have a small water pump um, with the scented water In mm -hmm. there, and he lay a little track of that scent and food at the end. Or he's also patented. Um, it's a, it's like a remote control buggy with a water pump, which you can actually remotely um, guide it, and you can control the, the water, how much water you want, or scent coming out, etc. Yeah. And from that first moment that they eat, he will lay down a short track of that scent of water with food at the end, and they will follow that scent to the to the food. Y ahora viene la respuesta a su pregunta. And now comes the answer to your question before. Ok. A partir, a partir de ahora, cuando pongo el cacharro de comida con olor de referencia, pongo gasas de olor humano. So, as from the moment that he puts down the, the gauze with the uh, scented water, he also puts down human scented gauze. Y de vez en cuando... And now and again... Cojo el cacharro de comida... El, un, que no tenga ningún olor de referencia, mm. pongo gasas de animales, se lo acerco y no hay comida. Right. And now and again, he will get an empty bowl, clean of any scent, and he places it down on the gauzes that have been impregnated with the animals, but there's no food in there. A partir de ahí, ya puedo rastrear un humano sin, ningún ayuda, sin ninguna ayuda de olor de referencia. As from that moment, he can now track human scent without any help of the scented water that, that we use. We call that the target scent. So the La target scent, in, in the book, we talk about target scent. The target scent we're referring to is the scented water. When we refer to the target scent, it's the scented water, which is the first scent that Miguel will associate the puppies with the food. And then... Ese olor target lo, lo que me permite es poner a rastrear a los cachorros muy rápido a través de un olor específico. Yes, y luego sir. inmediatamente le inundas con el olor humano y well, pasa yeah, muy rápido. The way. advantages of being able to start the dogs tracking on the scented, scented, uh, the scented water or target scent is that it's, it, it helps us to train, get the dogs tracking very, very quickly. 
because it's a scent that doesn't exist anywhere, but they're associated with the food, and then it's very easy to put them onto the human sense. Para terminar, por mi parte, si quiere preguntas que me las haga, eh, las camadas que he hecho con este protocolo, los cachorros que ahora tienen un año, año y medio, dos años, hay, hay de, de dos años y de, y de un año, aman, adoran el rastro humano. Okay, so, so all those puppies that he's actually started with this method, which are now two years old, a year old, all these puppies have a passion for human scent at the just now. They have a passion for human scent. So that brings me to a question. <clears throat> Through my training and experience, how many of those dog lures will, do you see that they want to stay with the human or is there a divide on like half of them want to follow odor and the other one wants to stay with the odor, which would be, i.e. the handler? Is there a, is there a breakdown there or do they all just start trailing? You mean you mean you mean with, with the, the uh, that that they will ignore the animal sense another sense? No, like you. So they they have a um, they have a passion for human odor. Your odor, yeah. You're, you're you're trying to imprint them on human odor. Yeah. Does okay. that make any of those dogs want to stay with the like handler dependent? Like, I'm going okay. to stay with you because this is where my source right. is. Okay. Right. Right. Okay. They say they they eh, que, 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 que aman el olor humano ahora si, si, si hay algunos perros que tienen tendencia a quedarse con el guía porque ahí es donde están los olores de humano y es que le va a darle eh, la recompensa no, jamás Never. no Never. porque nunca recompenso a los perros cuando se están formando como guía es decir, los perros que entrenan conmigo eh, este es un tema, un, un tema muy importante okay. este es un tema muy importante cuando yo estoy formando perros, mi papel es pasivo, como guía. El, el activo es el trazador. Quien da refuerzo es otra persona siempre. Vamos así por partes. Vale, ok. So this is very, it's a very, very important point, right? When he's training dogs, Miguel, as a handler, will take a very passive role in the training. He will never reward the dogs. Mm -hmm. The rewarding is always done, or the tracking is always done with somebody else. And the track layer will always reward the dog. The handler, in this case Miguel, his role is totally passive. There is no interaction with the dog at all. I understand. Cuando, cuando entreno perros jóvenes, las primeras veces, cuando el perro llega al trazador, le hace una gran fiesta, y yo lo que hago es retirarlo. Entonces, no me ve a mí como alguien que le está apoyando, no, sino no. como alguien que le está sacando de ahí. Porque mi interés está en que siga la persona y no que se venga conmigo. At the very beginning, when when a track layer has laid the track and the dog reaches the track layer, the track layer will start rewarding the dog. And what Miguel is going to do is he's going to take the dog away from the track layer. So Miguel is not the provider. Miguel is somebody who takes him away from the reward because his interest is always to be focused on the track layer. So he takes him away, so the dog saying, Miguel, my hand is taking me away from my reward. I'm not interested in Miguel. I want to be with the track layer, who's actually giving me all, all, the, all the encouragement and, and the reward. Con el paso del tiempo, acabas formando un gran equipo. Pero al principio, yo soy el malo de la No entro bien, Miguel, repite que no entro bien. Con el paso del tiempo, acabas formando un gran equipo, guía y perro. 
Pero al principio yo soy el malo de la película. Yeah, okay, so with time you start building a very very good bond between the handler and and, and the dog. By the very beginning, uh, Miguel is the bad man. Let's put it that way, because he takes me away from my reward. Hay gente que le cuesta mucho entender esto, porque a la gente quiere premiar siempre a su perro. Y yo digo, si tú entrenas un, un perro para que rastree un jabalí, el premio está en perseguir el jabalí. Entonces el perro tiene que aprender que su premio, su refuerzo, está en seguir el rastro y encontrar a la persona. Ese es su gran premio. Cuando ya lo aprende, okay. es cuando yo me meto en, en ese equipo y empiezo a formar parte. <coughs> Some people, uh, he says, some people find it very hard to understand this because people want to reward the dog <coughs> when they have the fines. But if you think of hunting dogs, when a dog is hunting a wild boar, the, the reinforcement is the actual hunt for that boar, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then with time, when the dog learns this and it's got the passion for the hunting, for the scent, then, then, then afterwards you can get yourself involved as a handler. But at the beginning... The hand is not a provider. The reward is given, is, is received, the enforcement is, is actually received from the actual tracking and the, and the track layer itself, which will, be, which will be his price at the end of the day. It's, it's funny you say yep. that. Um, I just discussed this back in the fall with my listeners. The five, the five or six dogs that I'm running right now on Bear, um, once that game is dead, they don't care. They, it's about the chase for them. The chase. Yes, it's the hunt. Yeah. That is what's driving the my hounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. They don't need that that animal with a kill. Yeah, they don't need it. Yeah. And people yeah. like you know they argue about it, and then they're like, no, you know. Mm. And I'm like, no, step back and watch. Like w the chase is what they are about, and that's exactly yeah. what you're reiterating exactly. to me. Yeah. yeah. Exacto. Dice que es un tema que ha estado hablando mucho con otro, otro, otra, otra gente de su podcast. Eh, él tiene cinco o seis perros que lo tiene entrenado para cazar oso y él se da cuenta de que cuando uno llega a cazar al oso no tiene el perro interés en el oso. El interés de los perros está en perseguir a, a, a ese animal. Y una vez que llegan al final, el interés no es el, el, el oso en sí. Y es básicamente lo que, lo que tú estás explicando con el método tuyo, que es la pasión al rastro humano. The passion to the hand, to the track. Al rastro. Passion about the track. Yeah. Yes. Yo nunca, nunca entreno a los perros a la vista, de la gente escapando, que les ve a más he, 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 he never trains the dogs on the runaway method. That they see the track layer running away. He nunca. never trains it that way. Never. Porque eh, no quiero que el perro vea a las personas escapar y, y, y les muestre interés. Yo solo quiero que, que tenga interés por el olor. He's not, interested, he's not interested for the dogs to see the track escaping. Mm. He's interested for the dog to have a passion interest in the scent on the ground. And that's what I want to follow, rather than the guys been running away. Tenemos algunos perros y, y la gente, si está, me escucha entre esta entrevista, se verán reflejados, sobre todo de tipos aguesos que llegan al trazador, terminan encantados y siguen un rato, si les dejas, a ver si ese rastro sigue por algún lugar. O si el trazador ha estado en un punto y ha vuelto para atrás a esperar, quiere seguir el rastro. Es decir, son perros que aman por encima de todo el rastro. Están muy a gusto if, con el rastro. If, if there are some people listening to this podcast who know Miguel and they know um, his dogs, uh, he has 
Spanish uh, Spanish uh, bloodhounds that will get to the track layer, and is, they're more interested in just continuing tracking than actually the interest of the track layer giving the reward. They just want to carry on tracking because it's what they love to track, mm -hmm. and that's what they're interested. They might just find the track layer, a little bit of fun, and then the sniffing again is another track round here, which is what I want to follow, and mm -hmm. that's what he wants to get out of dogs. They love the love for the actual track. Estos son para mí los mejores perros. For him, these are the best dogs who love to track. Yeah. Yeah. It's not killing instinct at the end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's go see. So, Lewis, get me started. I've got this 12 week old pup. And, of course, I'm going to hunt, I'm going to put her on bear. So, how, wh where would Miguel start with this pup to get me lined out on getting her um, tracking? Right. Now, there's a, a, something I need to tell you real quick. I've done a little bit of, um, testing with her, her attention span, she's 12 weeks old, is about that short. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. that's an issue that I already okay. see. Okay, y, y el, el tiempo de, 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 de enfoque del cachorro es muy, muy cortito. Uh -huh. ¿Cómo, ¿Qué proceso usaría basado en tu método para pa empezar este perro uh -huh. con el olor, de olor del, del oso? Pues yo cogería el olor en un spray, el olor de una piel, de algo que tengan, uh -huh. en un spray. Pondría una línea de olor con comida y a partir de ahí, esa línea de olor le va a llevar a la comida cada día. Si tiene, ha dicho tres semanas o tres meses. No, eh, 12 semanas. 12 semanas. Meses. Vale. Pues sus tres o cuatro comidas diarias a través de un pequeño rastro con el olor del oso. Okay. ¿Vale? So, Al mismo tiempo, is... tiene que ir acostumbrándole a una piel de un oso porque le puede impresionar mucho con, con vale, okay. un trozo pequeño. Pero vale. que para comer, que vaya siempre a través okay. de esa línea de olor. So, what he would do is, is he would get a. Um... A fresh piece of uh, bear hide, right? And impregnate water with that bear hide. Lay down on a spray bottle with that bear hide watered down. Lay down a track with some tidbits of food on the actual track of the scent that you put down on the floor. So, right? my pieces of food. Am, so, am I putting food with the track or at the end of it? Yes. With no. It? First of all, you put it on it. Some of them on it. You see, mm -hmm. you see as soon as. The dog associated with the smell, it'll miss, it'll jump those pieces of, of, of food. And yep. then every feeding time, you feed the dog three times a day, every time you feed your dog, you lay down a track of this scent and, the, and this feed at the end of the track. Small tracks, which we're talking about three, four, five meters, nothing more than that. Right. Ten meters maximum. Yep. Right. So every feeding time, the dog will have to follow <coughs> that scent, which he has already associated with food, because it leads him to his feed feeding bowl. Okay? Yep. At the same time, you need to um, introduce bear hide to the dogs so that they're not afraid of bears as well. You know, like pieces of a big pieces of a rawhide, make sure that they, they, they're not uh, spooked out by, by, by the actual rawhide. Eh, antes de continuar, me llegó un mensaje que dice que la llamada terminará en 10 minutos, que esté pendiente por si quiere renovarlo. All oh, right, you just received the message that the, the call will be finished in 10 minutes. Yes. Puede renovar o que haga. So that, that's how I would do it, right? First of all, spray um, 
where water mixed with the with the bear head, mm -hmm. with little pieces of just little tidbits on it, so that he's following that scent and eating. And then after that, every feeding time, it's a small track of this scent with his feeding with his feeding at the end. I'm going to show you a piece of. Uh, okay. Olor de oso, olor de oso, olor de oso, comida, comida, comida. Circles with bear with the bear smell and food inside. I got Circles you. Circles bear head and bear smell, food inside. I got you. And then you can actually lay a track with just with the bear, bear smell and its food at the end every day in its meal time. Yes. Three or four sessions. Yeah, three or four sessions of that. A day. Segundo ejercicio está al revés, yeah. creo, ¿no? Sí. Bueno, es igual. Eh, comida. Comida. Un, un poquito de comida aquí para el inicio con olor del oso. Yeah. Toda la comida. 10 metros, muy cortito. Yeah, right. So the first time you do is just put the, the spray on the ground with the food in it, mm -hmm. right? And then two or three sessions of that. And after that, you lay a track, a little bit of its food at the beginning, then a little bit of food, 10 minutes, max, 10, 10 meters maximum of, of, of bare scent on the, on the ground, and its food at the end. In menos de una semana. In less than a week. We'll be laying down 50, 60 metros, 100 metros. 50, 60 metros, 100 metros en un week. Nice. Entonces, el perro no necesita morder ni, ni, ni volverse loco por querer cazar. Yeah. Lo que quiere es rastrear eso. Yeah, so the dog does not develop a, a killing instinct that I want to kill the, the, reward, the, the, the animal at the end. He gets the love of following that track because it gives him his food. Porque algunas personas quieren rastrear un oso porque quieren cazar un oso, pero otras personas quieren rastrear un oso para protegerle y para saber dónde está. Entonces, el perro solo tiene que querer rastrear, no tiene yeah, por so qué que querer atrapar. Some, yeah, some people might, might train dogs to hunt bears. Conservatives might train dogs just to find the, the, the bear and not kill it. So, the emphasis must be on the actual hunting and the tracking of the dog and not the killing at the end. And that's, that's the way he, he works his dogs. De esta manera el perro va a querer rastrear el olor que tú le has dado. In this, in this way the dog will want to follow that scent. Y su máximo interés va a estar en seguir el rastro. And the most, his maximum interest is going to be following that scent rather than, than getting the killing at the end. Yes, I, I can I understand that, yes. Lo entiende, lo entiende eso. So, Lewis, I didn't realize yeah. that this was going to cut us off in 10 minutes. So yeah. um, I want to talk about one of the things that um, that we was talking when we was talking about the books. I want to go back and you said um, the technology has Miguel yeah. developed some type of technology that. Yeah. What, what it develops is, is patented. Uh, it's like um, it's a small remote remote control vehicle. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, which which has it's it's remotely controlled. It's got its water container where you can put in a scented ghost with human scent or target scent, whatever it is you're using at the moment. It's got a small pump, and it's got a small tray, plastic tray at the top. Now what you do is you put the dog's reward meal, whatever, on the actual tray. You put your target scent or human scent, whatever it is you're using, on the the water on the water reservoir. And you can drive this remotely controlled vehicle wherever you want, depends the distance you want, 300 meters, 400 meters, whatever. And you can be laying down 
the, the scent and you can control the amount of scent that, that's, that's coming out. So it can be a spray, it can be um, uh, just droplets, and it helps you to be able to work with your dog on your own with nobody else. So if, if some people say, I can't do any track because I haven't got a track layer. With this vehicle, you can get your partner's scent on a ghost or somebody else's scent, put it inside that, that, that water container, take your vehicle with you, and you can practically lay down a track with somebody else's scent that's not even there. Nice. And you can, the dogs will actually follow that. And you can use it, you know, the, the imagination is, is limited. What you can do, you can contaminate cross tracks, you can do lots of circles and contamination, and you don't need anybody to help with you. Obviously, ultimately, you need track layer, but it's a, it's a great help for puppies and for, and for um, older and more uh, veteran dogs. Una de las Has terminado. Una, una de las grandes ventajas del vehículo trazador es que el perro ama el rastro, porque cuando llega, lo único que se encuentra es un, un pequeño artefacto mecánico con su comida, con su yeah. refuerzo, pero lo que le interesa es el rastro. Yeah, well, the advantages of, of this is that when the dog gets to the end, it comes across a mechanical article that's got food on it. So the emphasis is actually on the tracking and getting to the end rather than the interest on the, on the, on the vehicle because it's not human. Mm -hmm. But the reward is there. Luego, cuando so tenemos... The passion for the track. Cuando a esos perros les ponemos una persona al final que todavía les motiva más, lo que hace es subir más todavía el interés por rastrear. When we put a human at the end uh, of that track and the dog gets to the human, what all we're doing is just increasing the interest uh, for the tracking because he finds that high value at the end with the human, with interaction and rewarding and the food and stuff. Con esta yeah. formación no necesitamos correr delante de los perros, no necesitamos correr al final para escaparnos. Podemos eliminar muchos protocolos. Es muy yeah. sencillo porque el perro ama el rastro. With this method, we don't need runaways. We don't need, um, um, you know, runaways at the end of the track, runaways at the beginning, because the emphasis is on the dogs having passion for the track itself. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, Lewis, we've got three minutes left. Yep. Um, like I Let said, yeah. So, I'm sorry. I would love to have you guys back on because we are not, I've not even touched the surface on questions <laughs> that I want to ask you. But okay. before we end this call, is there anything that you want to leave us with um, what we've talked about today? You got three, we got okay. three minutes. Vale, dice que todavía ni ha empezado a hacer las preguntas de que le sé. Eh, pero le gustaría tenerlo otra vez aquí pero si hay algo que queremos que añadir sobre lo que hemos estado hablando hasta ahora lo único que puedo añadir es que este tiempo no llega para nada no, no, todavía estamos yeah. eh, empezando a tomar el aperitivo yeah, we, uh, saying that the time we've just had now is just the aperitif there's much more things that we that no hemos entrado en materia todavía. we haven't really gone into the nitty gritty of the stuff yeah so yeah. would that mean that you yeah. guys would be willing to come back on here Yeah, in the next couple of weeks yeah. or a month and, and, do, and finish this? Que si estaríamos interesados en, en volver otra vez y terminar esta conversación. Sí, por supuesto. Y yeah, si hay una plataforma que nos tenga más tiempo, yo no tengo prisa y, y podemos profundizar. Definitely. And if you have a platform that gives us more time, yes. I mean, we can, we can be talking here till tomorrow. Yes, I, I do. <laughs> I, I used a different platform today and I will okay. not use it next time. So, okay. um, but... Okay. Lewis, you and Miguel, I, I mean, I can't thank you enough. Um, like I said, I know we have just scratched the surface on 
what you guys do and the things that you do. And I want to learn more. Um, when Clinton told me about some of his methodologies and stuff that he done, mm. I'm like, duh, like, I know this. Why am I not doing it? <laughs> It's happened to all of us. Dice que, que le ha encantado, que quiere aprender muchísimo más de lo que, de lo que ha podido captar hoy, de que Clinton lo estuvo hablando con él, le explicó un montón de cosas que está haciendo y le había dicho, tío, ¿por qué, por qué no había pensado yo esto antes? Yo sé, yo, yo sé de, qué, de, qué, de qué el tema este, ¿no? Eso me ha pasado a mí. Sí, eso ha pasado a todos. 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 Sí, eso ha pasado a Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, gracias. Yeah. Yeah. Great pleasure being here. Gracias. Yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. <laughs>